Thank you for tuning in to the 166th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, our host, Daryl D. Lane. As always, I want to thank you for tuning in, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or iHeartRadio, or wherever you may get your podcasts from. Going to have a great show for you today. Going to have Ben Karen on again, host the Sports Wobbler Podcast. If you haven't checked out the last pod, he came on, it was... uh. The one that was uh, released, uh, we recorded Sunday night, just like we're going to do now, and then we're going to release it Monday. And the last time we had him on, we did our top 20 favorite slash most iconic athletes of all time. So you know what I thought? Let's one-up this. Let's make this more. Do our top 20 each. Top media people right now. So we're going to do that. That's going to be very interesting. I am very curious. I have not talked to Ben about who he has on his list. Uh, I have my list ready to go. It's going to be very interesting. And I really look forward to it. Now, here's where I want to start before we get to that. And by the way, we're going to have Ben Karen on in about 10, 12 minutes around there. Where I, where I do want to start is this. So the recovery for an Achilles injury, uh, a torn Achilles, it's 4 to 12 months. And, you know, the more I think about this, there's been a lot of talk about Kevin Durant. Will he or will he not come back? He uh, stated a couple days ago that he will not come back, even though at this point in time, like I said, the longest really in terms of recovery is 12 months. And it is, as I'm recording this right now, June 7th. And guess when Kevin Durant tore his Achilles? June 3rd when the Raptors and the Warriors were playing in the finals. So realistically, the muscle should be healed. The the Achilles should be healed. Kevin Durant should be able to go. And it kind of has me thinking, because people might say, like, oh, my God, he can come back when he wants to. And that is true. But Kevin Durant is getting paid by the Brooklyn Nets, and I'm looking right here, $38 million a year to do nothing. Uh... He signed a long-term deal. It's, his, his contract will take him until he is 35. So it's not a situation if he were to get hurt again, it's like his, his career is over, he can't play again. The money is set. In the NBA, it's not like in the NFL. And the NBA contracts are guaranteed. So Kevin Durant is going to get the full amount of his money no matter what happens. And when Kevin Durant says, I don't want to play, you know, the, the intensity, they're giving them They're going to give them eight games where they're able to play and get in shape. They're going to give them eight games. July 9th is when the NBA training camp will start. July 31st 31st is when games will start. At that point in time, then we're getting into 13 plus. uh, A month past the deadline of when his Achilles should be healed. Right? Right? So I, I think Kevin Durant should play. And if he can't play, that's fine. But then that tells me that maybe there is something going on that we don't know. Maybe that maybe his Achilles, which that could be terrible for us as NBA fans, it's not. It's maybe that there's a little bit of a setback that he's not letting us know. But to me, this makes no sense that he would not be playing. 
It's the 12-month period. DeMarcus Cousins came back earlier. Kobe Bryant, when he tore, tore his Achilles, God rest his soul, came back earlier. Kevin Durant has the best medical attention in the world. He's an elite athlete. He's been rehabbing this whole time. He should physically be ready to play. And if he's not, that is a problem. That maybe we could fi figure out what those issues are. And we'll figure, the, figure that out when the rubber meets the road, when the NBA plays their season next year. Now, here's where I also want to go to. So, I, I was thinking, right? So, UFC, for all of you who don't know, UFC had their uh, fight. Uh, Amanda Nunes won in, um, in a spectacular fashion. and But, but nobody talked about that, right? No, nobody talked about that. But what everybody talked about was uh, Conor McGregor announcing that he's going to retire. And it, and it had me thinking... Dana White made a huge mistake letting Flo letting Conor McGregor fight Floyd Mayweather. A huge mistake. Those two, Dana White should have never let Conor McGregor step in a ring with Floyd. Because you know what that did for Conor? It gave Conor the ability to do this. F you, I don't have to go to work. <laughs> right? He gave he gave Conor he allowed Conor McGregor to get fu money and Dana White controls who everybody fights in the UFC. It's no secret. It's it's not Dana White's like this person fights this person, this person fights this person. This is how we're going to do this. I am the jury, the uh, judge, uh, executioner, and jury when it comes to who's fighting who, who's not fighting. Conor McGregor had to have Dana White's blessing to fight Floyd Mayweather. And how has it worked out for Dana White? Ever since. Conor McGregor fought Floyd, and he lost, by the way. It's been going downhill. He Conor McGregor went a couple years without fighting anybody, and then he gets in the ring for his next big fight against Khabib Nurmagomedov, and he gets his butt whooped. And then he had another fight against Cowboy uh, when they fought about three, four months ago. And Conor McGregor knocked him out in like uh, 20 seconds. But there's, there's a lot of stuff going on, right? Especially for Dana White. Dana White's a businessman. A lot of people would pay to see Conor and Khabib fight again. We never saw Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz fight for a third time. And it probably won't happen. And Conor McGregor's announced that he's going to retire about two, three times. And it seems like he's just doing it for attention and trying to upstage things. In any business, you have to get ahead of things, right? Dana White knows the type of guy Connor is. Connor's kind of a showman. He likes to be silly. He likes attention. And he likes to mess around. That is who Connor is. You, but, but in the business, though, you have to know who you're dealing with and know, okay, can I trust this person to do this? You have to get ahead of the issues. So issues like this don't arise, right? Like the NBA. You want to know why players don't kneel for the national anthem in the NBA? It has nothing to do with social injustice. It's because they can't. The NBA has it in their bylaws that you cannot do that. The NFL, you know why it happened in the NFL? It's not a rule. So if it's not a rule, players have the right to do it. Then that's how the Colin Kaepernick controversy starts. When you leave the kids at home, maybe you should have a babysitter instead of leaving them by themselves. And then they throw a house party. Then you come back, 
from vacation in Cabo. And there's beer cans all over the house. It looks like there's a, a blunt in somebody in your mom's bed. And you see people sleeping on the couch downstairs. You probably should have got ahead of it. And had at least had a family member check in on them to make sure, hey, let's make sure they're not doing going too crazy. You need to get ahead of things. And Dana White did not get ahead of. When Floyd, when Connor started teasing Floyd a couple years ago, like, I want to fight you. Floyd's like, yeah, I want to fight too. Dana White should have nixed it. Dana White should have never let Connor fight Floyd. Because now what Dana White has done is he has let his star. Because make no mistake, even though some people say John Jones is the greatest UFC fighter ever, Connor McGregor is probably their biggest draw. People care about Connor. Connor's a bigger draw than Khabib, but Khabib whooped his butt. Because Connor's a personality. People like Connor. Connor's funny. Connor's entertaining. And you let arguably your most marketable superstar in your sport go off the deep end because you let him fight Floyd. Dana made a huge mistake. And he started something he can no longer control. Because Conor McGregor is richy rich. He has FU money. Conor McGregor doesn't have to answer to anybody. Now, cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Going to have Ben Karen on the podcast. Cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. This kid is a gamer. He's a baller. He's a slave maker and a shot caller. In case you didn't know, I got T-Bone. He shattered the mold. And all he does is win. All, all he does is win games. I got T-Bone. He shattered the mold. And all he does is win. All, 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 he, all he does is unleash. Tell T-Bone, let him go. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have my guy, Ben Karen, host of the Sports Squabbler Podcast. How you doing, Ben? I'm doing great tonight, Daryl. It's good to be here. Now, Ben, so I-, I was thinking for a name. So, hey, how about this? Let me know if this is good. I'm doing this on the fly. How about we do this every time we do uh, 20 lists of whatever? We call this 20 for 20, right? Because it's your 20 and it's my 20. And it's not 30 for 30 because that'd be copyright issues. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> so, me and Ben are going to go over uh, our top 20 uh, favorite sportscasters, kind of media personalities. Uh, some of the best people in the business. And I, I can't wait for what Ben's list is going to be. And, and uh, Because it's, it's totally unpredictable to me. I don't know about you, Ben. I thought this was way harder than when we did uh, most iconic slash favorite athletes last week. I think so too, just because it's such a um, a wide net. Yeah, no, I. I you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of lot more personalities out there to cover. Very true. Very true. So, Ben, I will let you start first at number twenty. Who you got? Okay, uh, so my number 20 is, uh, is actually going to be Max Kellerman. I think he brings up a lot of good points, usually. Uh, I've enjoyed watching him on the uh, show, um, First Take, with, uh, with Stephen A. Smith. There are a lot of times where I find myself disagreeing with Max, but overall, I think he at least 
brings facts with him to support whatever he's trying to argue. And he does, on a personal level, sometimes make me think differently about certain sports topics. So Max Kellerman makes my top 20. I have Max a lot higher than you do, Ben. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, but, no, I, I agree with you. I think Max is uh, very good at what he does, and he's a uh, he's a good compliment to Stephen A. And I think he's underrated. I, I think uh, at first kind of a lot of people weren't as fond, as fond of him because I think always the narrative of him was he's not Skip, but I think he's done a very good job replacing Skip Bayless, and the show is uh, probably the most popular show in all sports. Yeah. Now, for me, at uh, number 20, I have Will Kane. Another guy that comes on first take a lot. And him and Max Kellerman argue every time they both both are on. So it's, uh... <laughs> but I have... Yeah, that's a good pick. Will Kane. Yeah, I have Will Kane, uh... He does a lot of studio shows. Uh, I, I think he's very underrated. He came over from the political side. I think he has strong opinions, uh, very interesting opinions and a very interesting, different perspective given that he's kind of a guy with the political slash law background and he kind of brings that into sports and I kind of like the way he does things. He also hosts his uh, radio show that's uh, doing pretty well and and he's had some battles with Stephen A. Smith that are made for TV, that are made for TV. I think does a great job in that moderator role too. I know you and I have talked about that off air before, but Will Kane is a major upgrade over Molly. Oh, I agree. I agree. He, when he was the moderator there, he was able to challenge both Stephen A. and Max in ways Molly does not do and direct the conversation in a way where he clearly knows he's the moderator and he's not the one giving his opinion, but he is challenging them and he's keeping them on tro- topic because sometimes when they're arguing... You know, they can go all over the place. Agreed, 100%. Now, who do you have at 19? Um, at 19, I have Joy Taylor. I really enjoy listening to her takes. She's uh, on the herd with, uh, with Colin, and I think she's super underrated. Joy really knows sports in and out, and just consistently seems to have pretty solid takes, in my opinion. I think she's super underrated, but she's still young in her career, and I think she definitely has the potential to uh, get into the top half of my list by the time she uh, really enters her enters you know the prime of her career. So um, I see nothing but good things ahead for her, and I think she's super entertaining and right on point usually. I love Joy. I was actually just listening to a podcast that uh, Rashida Wallace and Bonzi Wells does do, but that they both do, and uh, Joy Taylor came on as a guest. Very underrated, and I think people don't understand how good she is at her job because she was the moderator for uh, Skip and Shannon, so she didn't really, she wasn't really able to give her opinion. And then on the herd with Colin Cowherd, she gives her opinion, but you know not as much because obviously the show revolves around Colin. But Joy is very underrated, and I don't think people truly know how much she knows about sports. I think sometimes people just think she's just a pretty face, but, like, she knows what she's talking about. And her brother is Jason Taylor, who is a uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer. Yeah, star for the Miami Dolphins. Now, for me at number 19, I have Paul Feinbaum. Uh, 
They call him the Mouse of the South, I think. Uh, he covers uh, college football, uh, SEC extraordinaire. He always brings great takes. I love when he's actually he's another guy that comes on first take, when he just destroys guys like Urban Meyer. Basically, people that aren't SEC <laughs> affiliated, he goes after. But I, I love his takes. Uh, uh, great information about the SEC, if you've ever listened to his show, The Paul Feinbaum Show. And represents the SEC well, and I think he's kind of the spokesperson and the guy, like, when you want to hear about SEC football, you talk to Paul Feinbaum. I think that's a great point. Um, I obviously have some love for him, coming from an SEC school. I know he's always supposed to seem to speak really highly about Texas A&M, um, and, I, and I consider him to be uh, to be an expert as well, so... Um, I think that's a real solid pick, Daryl. Now we're at number 18. I'm going with another uh, person here that I think is really underrated at just beginning their career, hasn't been around that long, and that would be one of my favorite football players of all time, Michael Strahan. Sometimes... When you get into commentary um, or analyst roles after you play the game, it doesn't always work out. I think we kind of saw that a little bit for a one Jason Witten that went back to the NFL, but I think it's really worked out exceptionally well for Michael Strahan. I think he's super underrated, and he just seems to know the NFL inside and out. And he's, uh, doesn't he have another show, like Good Morning America? He's on there or something else, too, as well? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, my Michael, he's a, obviously a great choice. He's transitioned really well to the media side, which is something that not all athletes, you know, do particularly well, but he's done that at the highest of level, and he's one of the stars for Fox for their pregame and postgame coverage during the NFL season, for sure. Now, for me at number 18, Ben... <laughs> I know this is probably going to enact some debate. Your least favorite guy in sports media, the guy you always tell me I'm better than, Nick Wright. I have Nick Wright at number 18. And and I know Nick Nick has a bit of a LeBron problem. I think everybody that's ever heard him talk knows that he has a uh, maybe a step up from a man crush on LeBron. But I think he he, he gives better takes than people think. Um, he also hosts a radio show as well that's doing pretty good for Mad Dog. And he's a big NBA junkie. He just has the one LeBron issue. I think that's why people don't like him. I think he's very good at everything else. He just has the one little LeBron thing. It's like a little LeBron tick. Yeah, he um, he's just not able to um, to be unbiased on that, you know, in that argument. But he's certainly a, a face that we see a whole lot of. Um, especially around the debate shows. Um, so I can definitely see where he'd fit in. I, you know, he didn't make uh, my top 20, obviously. Um, but, you know, I still respect him for what he does. Now you're number 17. Uh, number 17, when, when we deal with uh, sports media personalities, um, part of sports in general is the entertainment factor. And nobody has been able to burst onto the scene and provide me personally with more entertainment than Paul Pierce. If you thought he was entertaining as a player, you should hear some of his takes. I mean, some of the stuff he says is just ridiculous. Um, everything from calling Steph Curry 
a wing guy to is telling everybody that he had a better career than Dwayne Wade. You gotta love his convictions. Paul, we, I hope you stay around a long time. You've done a wonderful job of entertaining um, the viewers. Oh, Ben, you also forgot he said that LeBron James wasn't a top five player of all time. And <laughs> 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 argued it. And he, he was really arguing it. Actually, side note about Paul Pierce really quickly. Do you watch the Game of Zones? I don't watch that. No, is he on that? Yes. You know the little car- NBA cartoons thing they do? No, I'll have to look into that. Really? You haven't seen it's It's like Game of Thrones. And I don't watch Game of Thrones personally, but it's like Game of Thrones, but they make it an NBA version. Short story, short, uh, short story. They end up making Paul Pierce the goat because he's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> short story, it, short. It is a little bit ironic that they uh, they nicknamed him the truth with uh, with some of these uh, takes that he has, but uh, the man is wildly entertaining, and I can't take that away from. Now, for me, at pick 17, I have uh, a guy that's been in the media for years now, uh, and he's made a pretty good transition to TV, Mike Greenberg. I I think Mike Greenberg might be the most underrated guy in sports media because he's not talked about at that network like, you know, Stephen A. Smith is, uh, guys like Scott Van Pelt that are on SportsCenter, you know. And I feel like Mike Greenberg is probably their most underappreciated guy, and he's really good, and he's really consistent at what he does. People forget when he was with uh, Mike Goley for Mike and Mike, that might have been the best sports radio show for about a decade. <laughs> like, you could put that show up against anything, and he's done a pretty good job transitioning to a television slash host role and get up. So I'm going to put Mike Greenberg at pick number 17. A solid choice and definitely another... Um personality that I think is a little bit underappreciated, so I really like that pick. Number 16 for me is essentially um, a college football legend at this point in time, and that would be a one Lee Corso. It's just part of college game day at this point in time where he puts on the, um, the mascot head at the end of uh, the session for the big game. Um, and, and, you know, it's wildly entertaining. I think he's got a solid handle on what's going on in college football as well. So um, Lee Corso, for many, many years, I think it's well-deserved number 16 on the list. Now for me at number 16, I have uh, Chris Haynes, uh, NBA reporter. He's kind of been one of the newer NBA reporters, uh, and he's gotten a lot of broken a lot of stories. He's had he has a he's had a podcast that he got Kevin Durant to come on. Obviously, players talk to him, uh, and players trust him. Damian Lillard, he's the one that broke the story about Damian Lillard saying that he wouldn't play in the playoffs. I mean, excuse me, he would not come back to the bubble in Orlando, right? If the Blazers didn't have a chance to be in the playoffs, so players talk to him, players trust him. And I have Chris Haynes at number 16. Nice angle on that. I didn't think about that level of player trust, but that's good. Number 15 um, for me is uh, J.A. Adonde, reporter out of Los Angeles. He has made uh, many trips to 
Around the Horn, as well as other uh, shows, covers, I believe, primarily basketball, but you see a little bit of everything at times. Yeah, Don, that's a good one. Uh, he also hosts a uh, media school, too. He does a, for Northwestern for their master's program. Oh. Yes. I actually, uh, a kid I went to school with uh, was in the master's master's program. So, J.A. Adande was his teacher. He's coaching up the, uh, the next generation. Awesome. Yeah, yes, he is. Now, for me at number 15, I have Chris Sims. Son of a very good, who was a much better quarterback, Phil Sims. I have Chris Sims at 50. I think Chris Sims is one of the most underrated people in media, and I think he's really coming up. Uh, he was at Bleacher Report, and uh, now he's at NBC. You see him on a little bit during the uh, their pregame show. Uh, he has his own podcast, and he and he's a guy, and I really appreciate Chris because. He's very well connected, obviously. He grew up in a football family. He worked for the New England Patriots for a couple of years, so he kind of knows what's going on. And really smart, and he calls it like he sees it. He's known for uh, basically telling everybody that Blake Bortles sucks. But I think he also... (laughs) Yeah, that's what he did. But also what he does is he looks at football in a way that I don't think you get a lot from other people in the media. Like, he, he always talks about when it comes to him grading quarterbacks. I judge them on when they make plays what's on what's there to be had. So, basically, he doesn't – he just came out with this list, of, like, this week. He had Jared Goff as, like, his 27th best quarterback in the NFL, and it's because if the, the play if – the, if a receiver's not running open, Jared Goff isn't hitting the receiver. So he downgrades them. He downgrades them what they do outside of the scheme of their offense. So I think he looks at stuff in a, in a way that not a, a lot of other people do. And he watches a lot of film, which is something not a lot of media people do. So I have Chris Sims at 15. Very good. Very good pick. Chris Sims at 15. For me at 14, I'm going to go with uh, probably one of the most well-known NBA insiders. And that would be Adrian Wojnarowski. And I just, I feel like when Rhodes comes on, he's got this incredible depth of knowledge that that nobody else around him has. He's one of the most connected guys in the NBA, and, and he just, he always seems to have a pulse on what's going on. He would be even a little bit higher on my list if I felt that he could be engaging as well. Um, he doesn't really have that part down, but man, does he have knowledge. Teaser, I have Woj way higher. Uh, and then you've mentioned it. I'll talk more about when I come to Woj myself. But to me, he's the best in the game of what he does in terms of NBA reporting. And he's fabulous. And if Adrian Wojnarowski is saying something, you should probably be listening. Because chances are it's coming from somebody uh, very credible. <laughs> 100% agree. Yeah, he's, just, he's like one of the gold standards of the NBA. Now for me at pick 14 i'm going with matt miller he works for bleacher report he uh he does draft and scouting uh also has a podcast the stick the football podcast which i love but uh i think he's one of the best guys in terms of covering the draft and covering college football i always appreciate his mock drafts i think a lot of times when you t- everybody talks about drafts they talk about mel kuyper and todd mcshay but i i personally think and this is my personal taste i think matt miller does a better job 
than both of those guys, and I always look forward to uh, reading his mock drafts when they come out. I don't know Matt Miller that well. I'm going to have to check that out. That uh, is a very, very interesting pick. I need to familiarize myself a little bit more with him. In the 13th spot for me, Daryl, I have uh, somebody, um, actually, ironically, uh, that everybody would know. He's probably one of the most famous uh, sports personalities of all time, and that would be John Madden. I think just uh, the impact that he's had on, on the NFL, when you think about all the video games that are still being named after him now, um, and the coaching experience, um, he just really has a way, I think, of, of, of engaging um, the average everyday fan. And, and his passion for the game is undeniable, and I think it's contagious. Interesting pick. Interesting pick. I like it, though. Interesting. He was also on uh, Little Giants, the movie, back in the 90s. Yes, he was. Now, for me, at pick 13, I have Rachel Nicholas. Uh, not, there's a lot of things I can use to describe Rachel. I think she is one of the standards in her job at hosting. She does a great job of hosting the NBA show, The Jump, that comes on ESPN. It's one of the shows that I always watch. And she does a great job uh, of controlling the room. And you can tell that a lot of the athletes that come on, they respect her. I mean, she has guys ranging from Tracy McGrady to Scottie Pippen. Insiders like Brian Windhorst. Uh, and they all come on and they all respect her and she does a great job of running the show and she's able to build a a flow that allows to put people in the best position possible to give their takes and I love that about her. Yeah, she, she's very, very solid. I would, I would probably, for me, I would have given her like an honorable mention. I thought about it. Uh, she didn't quite make my top 20, but she's really good. And I think that's a that's a great selection. For me, at number twelve, um, I have another sports personality that you know ev- everybody knows, um, and that would be um, NFL Prime Time Zone Chris Berman. And I just I think about all those years that I grew up watching NFL football when I was in elementary school, middle school, high school. Watching NFL primetime after the games were over, it was um, it was almost as good as watching the games themselves. When him and Tom Jackson would go over the highlights, um, and they'd have their iconic music playing. Uh, but Chris Berman actually, you know, has covered a range of sports. I know he's probably best known for football, but I've even seen him cover things like golf. Um, so he's definitely a iconic sports personality that belongs on the list. See, now here's the thing. For me personally, I was not old enough to see Chris Berman at his peak. Uh, so maybe I, I feel slightly different. But it's a good one. He's one of the faces of ESPN all time. It's like him, like Dickie V. Like, those are like some of the godfathers. <laughs> yes. My number 12 pick, I'm going to go with Clay Travis. He is uh, one of the most controversial people in sports media. But I love him nonetheless. Uh, he, he can kind of get a little political. Uh, 
which you know, especially especially now these days, you know, that can get into a gray area. But uh, he he's also kind of in the Will Kane mold uh, from the South, uh, a lawyer that got into sports. He has very interesting takes in the way he looks at things. He's not afraid to upset people, which I do love. He re- he genuinely does not care. He sticks by his opinion, which is probably why he rubs so many people the wrong way. Now, who's your pick number 11? Number 11 um, is Mel Piper Jr. And, uh, you know, he's just... Whenever we talk about NFL drafts, him and Todd McShay are always a couple of the, the top two... Um, experts in that space and to me Mel Kuyper is just he's the authority on the NFL draft without a doubt he always seems to know exactly what's going on with it um, has really good takes has really good predictions for players long term and there's an entertainment factor with him as well Bill I watched him like ramp like a madman about a couple of these players just in the last draft alone and um you know, it just made me made me love him even more personality. So Mel Kiper, number eleven for me. That's a good one. He's probably the most recognizable name for the draft. Um, and I remember he, he he has some funny stuff where he puts in his opinion, and, and and it's very funny that he can rub people the wrong way sometimes too. But I like the pick of Mel Kiper. Yeah. Now for me at number eleven, I got a guy that can rub people the wrong way too. Charles Barkley. Probably the most entertaining person in sports, this side of Stephen A. Smith. I mean, I think it's either him or Stephen A. You can make an argument between those two. Entertaining in different ways, but Charles is super funny. He's great on TNT. Every time he's a guest on a radio show or a TV show, he always gives interesting takes, and I know people love having them, uh, love when he comes on their show. I love when I'm listening to him on other platforms. So I'm going to go with Charles Barkley at 11. That's a good pick, and I think he um, he works actually really well with Shaq, especially considering uh, that there's some tension there between those guys. I think they they put on a pretty good show when they're together. So we had our picks 10, 20 through 11, and we're going to take a quick break. But kind of next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, me and Ben are going to go through our 10 all the way up to 1, and this is going to be interesting. This is kind of our pantheon again, right, Ben? That would be correct. So we're going to see who makes our top 10. Kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk. We still have Ben Karen with us, host of the Sports Gobbler Podcast, as we run down our top 20 media personalities in the world of sports. We went through our 20 to 11 earlier, and now it's our 10 to 1. I'm going to lead it off, Ben. At number 10, I have a guy that we see on debate shows all the time, co-host of Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp. I love Shannon. He gives a lot of analogies that make me think. Uh, 
He repeats everything his grandmother and his grandfather told him. He calls it like he sees it, which I also respect, and sometimes players don't do that because players try to toe the line, but truly Shannon doesn't care, and he tries to give his opinion. And I love hearing what he has to say. Ouch, man. I, it's kind of low. But I would certainly agree with you um, that, uh, that Shannon's top 10. I actually listed a little bit higher, but I guess we'll get to that in a bit. But I think he's a uh, great personality. Another guy like Michael Strahan that's really made a seamless transition. And he was good when he did studio shows for St- CBS when he did their... Uh pre- and, and halftime and post-game shows. That is true. Now, who do you have at 10? Number 10 for me, um, for one of my favorite uh, debaters of all time from the days of Around the Horn would be Mr. Kevin Blackestone. Um, now, right now, he, um, just like J.A. Adande, uh, teaches journalism. He teaches um, at, I believe, it's Philip Merrill Journalism School, uh, part of the University of Maryland. And Kevin Blackstone is just one of those guys, when he speaks, people listen. The man always has something intelligent to say. He knows a, a lot about a lot of different sports, and he backs everything up with facts. Kevin Blackstone, to me, is one of the overall best sports authorities that you could ever ask for as a fan. Okay. Okay, I did not have him in my top ten, but I, I like the pick. Now, for me, at number nine, I have the guy you had at number 20. Maximilian, Max Kellerman. It took me... See, I have a love for Max because I remember watching Max, uh, listening to Max talk sports when I was probably like in the sixth, seventh grade, and he was on... ESPN LA, and I would listen to their podcast with him and uh, Marcellus Wiley. Max gives interesting opinions, <laughs> I'll say the least, but he backs it up with fact. He's he's very analytical, which I do like, and I think he does a great job of balancing Stephen A. Smith, and sometimes I will say it's hard to tell how great Max is because he's around Stephen A., so if Stephen A. is a 10, right, maybe that brings Max up if he's normally a 6 to a 9, right, but Max does a great job and I love having, I love listening to him on first take. I think your point is well taken, too, about how he kind of balances out Stephen A. He's usually the calmer of the two, um, and I just think their styles mesh really well together. They have a good chemistry. Uh, so my number nine is, he is to the NFL what Rhodes is to the NBA, and that would be Mr. Adam Sheffield. I appreciate everything Adam does. He really, you can tell, he just gets in there and he digs and digs and digs. And he always seems to be just one step ahead of everybody else when it comes to NFL news. Um, He's a very trusted insider, very well-respected, well-connected with athletes and other people in the sports world. Uh, Deserving of the top ten list. Again, though, maybe not the most engaging character of all time, but... He really, really, the connections are enough to boost him up to the top ten, in my opinion. Uh, I have Schefter higher, but uh, I, I second everything you say about Schefter. He is the woes of the NFL. When Schefter says something, I listen, you should listen, we all should listen. He's as plugged in as anybody. Uh, 
Absolutely. Who do you have at number eight? I have Dan Patrick. And in my first list, I forgot about Dan Patrick. And then when I thought about I thought about it. I was like, I have to have Dan Patrick on here. For a long time, he had actually the best uh, sports radio show. I think uh, running for for a little bit. I think he is one of the best interviewers in sports. And he has a very fun and engaging uh, radio show. If people haven't gotten a chance to listen to it. Uh, and he's did a good job of branching off from ESPN and finding his own success. And it's kind of forged the way for guys like Colin Cowherd to do the same and branch away from ESPN and find success as well at uh, other companies. So I have Dan Patrick at number eight. That's an excellent pick. My number eight would be Jay Glazer. And I have Jay at number eight because he has been able to break a number of big stories over his career. And he just seems to speak and report in a way that I think is really easily accessible to everybody. And he's just, he's absolutely fearless in his reporting. Uh, one instance of this that I can tell you as an example would be when the Miami Dolphins had the bullying scandal with Richie Incognito. He was the guy that got the one-on-one sit-down in-depth interview with Richie Incognito, um, kind of helped break that story wide open, help us get a little bit of clarity on what was going on. And Jay has just done a number of things. I know he's also involved in uh, fighting, and he's also been in some movies. I think he's in the longest part. So he's just kind of an overall and iconic uh, personality in the sports world. Really enjoy uh, all the work he does. And Jay Glazer, for me, was somebody I was going to uh, put in on my list. He ended up being an honorable mention. Uh, I just didn't want to put too many reporters on there, right? <laughs> I guess that, that, that's what I was trying to find the balance of for me personally. But I would say Jay Glazer's probably the second guy in the NFL to Adam Schefter in terms of reporting. And he's much more of a personality than Schefter. But Jay Glazer's up there with anybody. Most definitely. Now for me at number seven, I have Bill Simmons. I consume a lot of Bill Simmons content. I listen to all three of his podcasts religiously, the Bill Simmons podcast, the Book of Basketball podcast, and the rewatchables for all of you out there who love people talking about old movies. I think Bill is extremely knowledgeable. He's a little bit of a homer for Boston sports. You probably know that, Ben, given that you're around that area. But I I love it that he's a homer and he acknowledges he's a homer. Because a lot of people in media, they're a homer, but they don't really say they're a homer. Ben's like, yeah. I'm from Boston. I think Bird is the goat. What do you have to say about it? <laughs> hey, I can get behind that. You know, I think it's, I think it's kind of cool sometimes when they can have an opinion, but uh, sometimes they go a little bit overboard too. And so you need to balance, balance. Um, you, you know, you're sharing uh, your your fandom with uh, your your duties as a reporter. But I, I, I do think in some ways it's good because it kind of brings more personality to the reporters. Now, who do you have at seven? Number seven for me, actually, we're talking about Boston sports. We have to mention this person as well, and that is Jackie McMullen. Been around a long time, really talented, always has intelligent stuff to say, really knows what's going on in the city. Um, and casually good sports but I'm about to be talking, you know, all over the country as far as sports. 
And I think in a way, you know, she's really helped maybe place the trail for some of these younger females that are not entering that field, such as the Joy Hickler, for instance. So Jackie McMullen for me at number seven. Oh, I, I completely agree. I do not have Jackie on my list, but Jackie could easily be on my list. She's like one of the godmothers. Uh, there's not much more you could say about Jackie McMullen. I think she has paved the way for a lot of young women getting into sports because Jackie McMullen is extremely respected. Extremely respected. Now, for me at number six, I have Tony Romo. Probably... Well, he's the highest paid person in sports, so that means something, right? <laughs> uh, he's making more money than everybody, including Stephen A. and uh, probably all the other guys I have uh, next on my list. He did not crack my top five, though, because I don't think he's as good at his job as everybody else is at their job in my top five. But he's entertaining. People like him. Uh, it is very hard to do what he does as a uh, announcer. Uh, live stream and, and sound entertaining, and he does it, and he sounds very entertaining. I remember when people were kind of complaining that he was calling the plays before it happened, and, and but he does a great job, and there's a reason, Ben, while he is the highest paid person in sports. <laughs> there's a very reason, because he's very good at his job, and he's very good at a job that is essential. I'm not nearly as enthralled by Tony Romo as you. I think that he has a lot of potential, um, and I think he's entertaining, but I'm not, I'm not sure about it yet. It'll be interesting to see how, um, how he does over maybe a longer, longer span of time. Um, but yeah, to make him the highest pay though, wow, that is crazy to me when that happens. But, uh, yeah, I'm happy for him. I mean, it, I can already tell that, um, that being in the media world is working out way better for him than it ever did when he was with the Cowboys as a player. Now we're in our super pantheon, the top five. Wait, did you do your sixth? I didn't do six yet. Oh my God, Ben. You know, as I was thinking about this, I was putting this list together, you know that I have a background in psychology. And what I really love about this guy is he really uh, dives deeply into the psychological aspect of the sports. And that would be Mark Schwartz, ESPN. This guy not only dives into the psychological parts of, of the game and, 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 you know, of different athletes and their mindset, but he also makes the post-game interviews just interesting the game itself a lot of times. I mean, for you guys who might not know who Mark Schwartz is, he's the guy that, um, they questioned LeBron James after the Star Smith incident and LeBron walked out on him. Incredibly entertaining, though. And then he latched on to things when, when uh, Draymond Green told everybody that he was the best defender. He was, like, asking other Raptors, the Warriors last year, what they thought about it, how he stacked up against um, Kawhi Leonard. It was just, the man is very, very entertaining, and he really wants to know how players think, uh, and that's why I have them so high. It's a great pick, underrated pick, another guy I did not have on there, but uh, it takes a lot of cojones to uh, question LeBron James like that. It's something, it's something else other reporters wouldn't have asked, but he did it anyway because he has the confidence and his abilities to ask the question. Yeah, 
And even though LeBron left, he's probably like, whatever. I asked the question. I did my job. Yeah, oh, it was a grilling. He, uh, he, he definitely stepped up to the plate. He wasn't intimidated whatsoever. Now we're going to get into our pantheon, pantheon, our top five. So for me at number five, I have Adam Schefter. You talked a little bit about it. The reason I have Schefter at five is the, the way I think about it is when he's reporting something, I'm like, take that to the bank. It's happening. If Schefter's saying something, then it to me, it's a done deal. I need to listen. So that's why I have him at five. His information is impeccable. Yeah, I, I pretty much I would agree with everything you just said. I, you know how highly I think of Adam Schefter as well. When he says something like you said, just take it to the bank. It's game over. Now for you at five? Uh, my five would be Shannon Sharp. I think he's a little bit underrated um, as a sports personality. And I'm just... I think he's probably made that transition from athlete into the media world better than anybody else I've ever seen. And what really impressed me the most about Shannon is he just—he doesn't only know about the NFL. He can definitely talk about a lot of different sports. And I think he does a, a really good job debating Skip Bayless. My only knock on the guy is occasionally he gets a little bit too LeBron happy uh, but it's not nearly as bad as Nick Wright. So, um, Shannon Sharp to me belongs in the top five. Now, for me at four, I have Adrian Wojnarowski, a uh, guy that you had to lower similar to Schefter. And the reason I have him in my top five, like Schefter, when you want NBA reporting, you you go to Woj, like. Woj is the guy, and, and, I, and I mean that so clearly to everybody. Woj is the guy for the NBA. Everybody tells him everything. He is plugged in. There is a reason why when there is breaking news, as great as as great of reporters as ESPN has, like Brian Winhorst, even Stephen A. Smith, who has a lot of contacts, Rachel Nicholas, uh, Doris Burke, they bring in Woj, and they bring in Wojnarowski for a reason. He might be boring, but he gives you the information, and that's why he's such a commodity. Uh, 100% agree with you there, Daryl. Woj is integral um, to NBA. The first word, not from the last word on things regarding basketball. And they call it a Woj bomb for a reason. <laughs> That's true. Good point on that. Um, my number four is it's Bayless. And what I like so much about Skip is no matter what's going on, this guy can literally find a way to stretch it and make it as entertaining as possible. He will go out and, and, you know, sometimes with him, his information is maybe not as solid or reliable as some of the other people covering the but he makes up for 100% with the entertainment value. He says some crazy stuff sometimes, but he stretches it and stretches it and stretches it in a way that I've never seen anybody else been able to do do it like that. You know what I mean? And I think that's really a talent to just be able to stretch things. 
Um, and he comes up with all these interesting hypotheses and theses for things that nobody else thinks about. He would probably be number one on my list, but, you know, his bias towards the Dallas Cowboys really does drive me crazy. <laughs> that is true. And uh, Skip, Skip is great, and uh, Skip, Skip is great at your number four. Uh, I, I love Skip, and it, it's actually perfect because we can do a great transition because I have Skip at three, so I can just co 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 you know uh, co-sign everything you just said, Ben. Skip is uh, probably one of the guys I grew up watching, him and Stephen A. Smith with first take. Skip is, I love Skip because even though Skip did not play, Skip believes he knows more football than Shannon Sharp. He believes he knows more about sports than anybody that comes on there. And a lot of this is confidence. Skip has the confidence. He does not back down from anybody. He might talk about these athletes, but he invites them all to come on his show. <laughs> he yeah, makes that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you, know, you look at it, Daryl, over the years, the guy is taking a beating. I mean, I remember... Um, Terrell Stubbs has come on the show, beating him up a little bit. Richard Sherman, oh, that was, man, that was that was brutal when Richard Sherman came on the show. And Skip just kept, kept going. And, um, you know, everything he says, no matter how crazy it is, he says it with so much conviction. When he says the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl, you almost feel like it might happen. <laughs> that is very true. And Skip... And Skip does not back down. I remember when he was getting into an argument with Jalen Adams, uh, uh, who came on the show um, for the New York Jets, and he was he was he said something akin to, "How about I knock you out and we, we play football and I tackle you?" And then Skip's like, "Okay." And then after that, we can get our shoes on and we can run and we can see who who can run longer. And Skip was dead serious when he said that. <laughs> He's by far one of the most entertaining sports personalities of all time. Now, who's your number three? Um, my number three is John Gruden. I only talk about you know everything he's accomplished as a head coach. And in my opinion, I think he's Hall of Fame worthy. I, I think he's maybe one of the greatest NFL coaches of all time ever. Um, and we have to remember, had it not been for the top rule, there might not be a New England Patriots dynasty um, the way history is written it. So John Gruden made a huge impact as a coach, but then I think he did something that's really rare and followed up almost his Hall of Fame coaching career or Hall of Fame worthy coaching career and, and retired the first time. And he was even better at media. Every time John Gruden would have the, one of those Gruden quarterback camps, I loved it. I was, like, addicted to it. When I was uh, working a couple of months back and, you know, my, my day would uh, start to get a little bit monotonous just sitting there doing paperwork, I'd, I'd throw on some of those quarterback camps that Gruden was doing in the, in the, in the background. Um, and he just had such an in-depth knowledge in NFL offenses and the personality, too, to just sell all this stuff. He's so engaging. And he loves football so much. John Gruden, to me... I, he inspired me so much that when I was in graduate school, I actually cut out um, one of those Gruden grinder decals and put it on my door. I told myself, Mike, I'm going to get through this program someday because I am a Gruden grinder. 
So for me, let's get to our top two. And I love your pick of Gruden, by the way. I, I didn't have him there because I kind of think of him more as a coach than a media personality. But uh, definitely, Monday Night, Monday Night Football, they lost their edge once Gruden left. Make no mistake about that. The Booger thing and the Tessator thing, that was not working. That is true. And Gruden had the Corona commercial, too. <laughs> that is true. Now, I think... I know that who your top two are, right? I think we have the same top two. Am I correct? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty clear-cut. It's just who has who where. Yeah, I agree. And I think both of these two men are clearly... I, I would say, if we're talking about echelons, I, I would say... Like, I have Skip at three, but I, I would say these two guys, there's a clear cut with these two guys. And you can make arguments who is number one out of these two. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. Who do you have at number two? At number two, and this is so tough because to me, this is preference. I have Stephen A. Smith at two. And the reason I have Stephen A. at two, and Stephen A.'s great, his catchphrases are awesome. He's a bad man. Stay off the weed. He can shoot from 30. He makes very good decision making. Like, Stephen A., he is the most entertaining person in sports media. Like, if you want to laugh while you're listening to sports, Listen to Stephen A. Smith talk. Uh, Stephen A. Smith, he is the face of ESPN for a reason. There's a, re- there's a reason before Tony Romo did what he did. He was the highest paid person in all of sports media. And Stephen A., I, I wondered how he would do when Skip Bayless left first take, and all he's done is elevate first take to new levels. Uh, he can seem to do anything. Obviously, as a journalist background, he had a very good radio show. He's hosted Sports Center. He has done sideline commentary. There's almost nothing he can't do. People like him. And, and you know what's really interesting? They'll have celebrities like Mark Wahlberg come on the show, and they're arguing with Stephen A. Smith. Like, I got to argue with Stephen A. about sports on national TV. That's the star appeal he has. I couldn't agree with you more. Again, you know, you talk about co-signing everything you just said. Uh, Stephen A. is actually my number two as well. Um, by far and away, I think one of the most entertaining guys, but I think when you're talking about the entertainment, plus the overall knowledge of all sports, uh, that's what really boosts him up into that two spot for me. I love how worked up he can get. It's, it's really funny. Um, like Skip Bayless, I mean, he'll just go, he'll have anybody on his show. And he had Kevin Durant's mom on there. Um, which he did apologize to her, by the way, which, I, which, which was uh, just a hilarious, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a, a hilarious day on the show. Um, but, you know, I, I just I enjoy it so much, and he has some of the most entertaining debates, like you said, with, with the people that come on. I, as long as I live, I won't ever forget the time when him and LeVar Ball were screaming at each other. <laughs> Um, you 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 have, you, you have to remember when him and my, when Michael Irvin came on the show. Oh yeah, that's true too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, Stephen A. Like you said, he's got that strong journalism background. He's done radio. He's, he's he does sideline. I still don't see him do sideline sometimes. You know, I know basketball is kind of his first passion, um, but he can cover seemingly all the sports. And I absolutely love the skits that he does for the Dallas Cowboys fan. That is by far and away my favorite um, 
ongoing joke kind of thing that Stephen A. Smith does. It is just hilarious, especially when he got the Cowboys fans a gift last year and there's nothing in the box. Although I did kind of feel sad for the Cowboys fans. And, and, and one more thing I'll say about Stephen A. He is a mix of the personality and the opinion guy that actual, actually has sources. Like, and particularly, and by sources, I mean the NBA. But, for example, like guys like Skip Bayless, Skip's not getting sources, stuff sourced. Like, Skip is just giving his opinion. Like, Stephen A. Smith talks to people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I believe there's a number of athletes. And, and he's been doing it forever, too. I mean, he's talking about stuff like Allen Iverson in Philadelphia 20 years ago. So, you know, it, he was connected to the stars even like 2000, 2001, 2002. I mean, it's incredible. And I bet he's still connected with funny today. Now, let's go to uh, the guy we both have number one. And this was so close. This is like 1A and 1B. I don't even want to put Stephen A at two. Because him and Colin, it's 1A and 1B who you like. I, I guess maybe I just prefer Colin. But, but to me, Colin is... Colin Cowherd is amazing. Uh, he's somebody for me in terms of something I do want to get into. Colin's the standard. Uh... He's able to host a solo three-hour uh, radio show, and for people that don't understand how like sports media works, that is something that is very hard to do, <laughs> and he does it better than anybody. He's done uh, television for he did speak for yourself a little bit. He also did a uh, Sports Nation for a little bit, so he's a uh, he's versatile. I- I've heard him talk on a, a couple of podcasts and just very entertaining and interesting and he's very good he's able to provoke people in a way that's entertaining he has the back and forth with baker mayfield he always has interesting theories i love colin cowherd yeah colin colin is obviously my number one as well um and part of the reason why i think i put him put him up there to some of those other guys is just like what you were saying he essentially he carries the bulk of that weight um, for the entire show by himself. I mean, I know Joy is on there and Joel Klatt and some other people, but Colin, by and large, seems to carry the brunt of the weight himself. And he's essentially, I would say, maybe the most complete out of any um, sports media. He has the knowledge about a lot of different sports. He can talk the statistics part. He has a good pulse on the entertainment part. He comes up with interesting ideas, interesting theories. And a couple other things that uh, have not been previously mentioned about him. I I love the use of similes and metaphors that he uses on a regular basis. And I love the fact that he's out there. He's not just dropping sports knowledge. A lot of times it's like he's dropping life knowledge on people. And I just love how he so seamlessly blends it all together. He's, he's an incredible sports media figure. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Now, 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 Ben, we left a couple of really good people off the list. Uh, a big name that I'm thinking of that I left off the list is probably Scott Van Pelt for me, who's probably besides Stephen A. Smith, he actually probably is the face of ESPN as he hosts their most popular sports center show, right? That would be correct. And I actually thought about putting him on my list. 
I just didn't find him engaging or entertaining. I mean, he's just great facts. Um, I, I don't know. To me, I think that to be a great sports media personality, you have to have both. But I, you know, no disrespect to him. Um, he, he does an amazing job. Now, who are some people you left off? A um, couple people that I thought included about, including uh, Pablo Torre was one of them. Um, I like his takes, typically. He seems to make a lot of sense. Um, he knows a lot about a lot of different sports. So he was definitely somebody that I considered putting on this list. And then also, um, Lou Holtz, who, yeah, he's no longer um, working as a, as a college football analyst anymore, but uh, back when he was, I, I would say his expertise was uh, second to none. He just understood the game at a very deep level, and he definitely deserves an honorable mention. And, you know, just as we've already talked about you, uh, Rachel Nichols would be another person that, say, would have an honorable mention. Well, Ben, great podcast. I want to thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Hey, back with Barbershop Sports Talk and once again I want to thank Ben Karen, host of the Sports Wilder Podcast for coming on the show. I always appreciate him coming on. Now before we end, I, I do want to get to this. So Matt Barnes for all of you who don't know, he's actually kind of famous for the pump fake into Kobe Bryant's face uh, when he played for the Orlando Magic. Hope he's with the Lakers obviously. But a uh, very solid NBA player for uh, about a decade. Has his own podcast with uh, Steven Jackson. Uh, the All the Smoke podcast. It's a great podcast. I'd recommend you checking it out. It's weed and basketball. <laughs> but both of those guys are entertaining and they do a great job. But Matt Barnes made a comment and he was talking about how some players may not feel comfortable playing with all the social injustice and all the issues that are going on in our society. George Floyd. I don't need to get into particulars. All of you know what's been going on in our country, in the United States of America. And it really did get me thinking because, best believe, Matt Barnes talks to people. If you've listened to his podcast, you know, it's not hard to tell that he talks to people, right? Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul, came on before he tragically died. Kevin Durant came on the podcast. Steph Curry came on the podcast. How many people do you think get media availability for Kobe Bryant, Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant? Not many people. But Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson, they talk to players. Players like them. And specifically, Matt Barnes mentioned the Clippers and the Lakers. Who's a guy that came on their podcast? Lou Williams. You know, this stuff isn't too hard to read between the lines and figure out, folks. And it really has me thinking. If George Floyd uh, does not get indicted and the other officers don't get indicted and they are allowed to walk, would players actually not play? Because I think that is something to watch out for. Right? When people talk about how sports and politics kind of intertech, this is a big one. Because I could very easily see, because we know the NBA is more woke than the NFL or the MLB. Their players speak out more. LeBron James, Kevin Durant. Watch out. 
Maybe they could just take their ball and go home. Because to be perfectly honest, not all, and there's also been reports out, not all NBA players are happy about being in the bubble. They're going to be playing at the Worldwide uh, Complex of Sports in Disney in Orlando, Florida. Not all of them are happy, right? They're not going to get a five-star hotel. They're not going to get five-star food. Most of them are going to have to be away from their families, I believe, to the playoffs start. Their families can't even come. It's going to be a lot of concessions. And then if you see other stuff going on in the country that these players might not agree with, they could just take their ball and go home and say, screw it. I'm just going to hang out with the wife and the kids, and I'm rich, right? That could very easily happen, and we know stars make the NBA. And you want to know what? If LeBron wants to, he can take his ball and go home. If Kawhi Leonard, he can take his ball and go home. If Paul George wants to, he can take his ball and go home. If Russell Westbrook wants to, he can take his ball and go home. I think the George Floyd thing is a very, in terms of the trial with the police officers, I think that is a very interesting thing to watch. And I think that could have huge ramifications. As if the NBA postseason's going on and something crazy happens and they're allowed to walk, and the officers are allowed to walk and go home, don't be surprised. The players in the NBA, they go home too. Just putting that out there. And once again, I want to thank Ben Karen, host of the Sports Squabbler podcast, for coming on the show. And thank you for tuning into this episode. The 166th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.